0: And you went to the doctor again this morning, and I feel like our listeners really like your your take on on the doctor.
1: They're really invested, in my opinions, on the medical profession. So I had a dermatologist appointment today. Um, not that anybody needs to know this about me, but skin cancer runs in my family. Sure. I'm a pasty person in general, and Are so <laughs> I'm fairly well. Okay, uh, comparatively. I was gonna, I was gonna say. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, but I'm a pale person, and I guard my skin like crazy. Um, and yet, still, I have a massive. I had to have a massive chunk of my leg removed a couple summers or, ago. Yeah, I remember that. Um, because of skin cancer and potential skin cancer. so I go to the dermatologist regularly. Which, uh, PSA, you should be going to the dermatologist and of all the doctors to go to, it might it's, be the, maybe least the least pleasant. Scary one. I mean, oh, the, the least pleasant? I'm sorry, no, the least unpleasant. Okay,
0: that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like, it
1: just it's all topical. Yeah, most pleasant. Nothing's being stuck inside you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's just a little better, and I was having a particularly rough morning, day, week month, take your pick Um, and so I drove into Tallahassee for my dermatologist appointment, I've been seeing this dermatologist since I was like I don't know middle school um but what I I did not like her at first and now I just love her because I feel like everyone needs a woman in their life not your mom but like somebody some neutral party that's like how are you sweetie oh. you doing all right like and you just want to look at her and be like <laughs> yes thank you for asking <laughs> um she just was so and like I have a very large scar on my leg and then a pretty large scar on my arm and she just like she touches them so lovingly and she's like oh you poor baby like and it just oh. fills me with such joy but Warmth. without fail and again I hope this isn't TMI too late but um without fail every appointment like the dermatologist will be looking and then this is what I'll hear Whew, you and your weirdo moles honey because <laughs> oh. I do have the weirdest looking moles And that's why I go get checked because they're weird. I get it. And you gotta get those checked. But just her, like, she's so kind Mm -hmm. and loving, but she's slightly, like, um very southern uh-huh, redneck yeah. sounding, and then all of a sudden from behind me I hear, Whew, you and your weirdo moles.
0: I love that. <laughs> I wish all medical professionals could have like just that that, that one thing that's like entirely probably unprofessional, yes. but also not because it's so charming. Yeah,
1: it's so charming. Yeah. And like and honestly, like now I'm at the point where I'm like, Thank you, I do have weirdo moles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 147 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I guess it's Christmas time.
1: And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia.
0: Speaking of Christmas time, we were recently featured in an issue of Southern Living. What? Along with some other small businesses in downtown Thomasville. Mm-hmm. And the focus of that article. Um, was our Victorian Christmas.
1: That's right. So Thomasville is a small, quaint town. You've heard us talk about it, referencing it as...
0: Stars Hollow
1: of the South. South. Um, That's pretty true. And part of what makes that true is our many, many festivals, um, including Victorian Christmas. And this year, Victorian Christmas is kind of getting back to its roots. It's a celebration that has been in existence for decades in Thomasville, um, something that is beloved by locals and Mm -hmm. tourists alike. This year, it's on December 14th and December 15th, um, and it is from 6 to 9 p.m. both nights. So that's Thursday and Friday. And basically, you come to our quaint, gorgeous downtown. It is all lit up with beautiful Christmas lights, and the shops stay open late. There are food vendors it's free admission, so it's great for families. And this year, based on feedback from tourists and merchants alike, they're really trying to return to the Victorian roots mm-hmm. of it. And so they're doing like this Victorian picture show. Oh. Down, yeah, it's pretty fun looking, like this lantern show mm-hmm. uh, at the Municipal Auditorium. They've got um, obviously Santa Claus, but he'll be dressed in very Victorian. Um, garb, cool. so if you're one of those parents who, like, takes your kid to the mall to get their picture taken with Santa, I mean, my parents did that, but why not bring him to downtown Thomasville because... Chris Kringle will be here, not some cheapo mall Santa. He's
0: the king of jingling.
1: <laughs> so I feel like that would be a good one, uh, a good excuse to come visit. And you're going to get a chance to jump on your holiday shopping. So th- Victorian Christmas is one of our, at the bookshelf, one of our busiest nights yeah, of the year. oh, air. absolutely. It's not it's, the busiest. I think it is. It's a madhouse. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. But in the best kind yeah. of like adrenaline pumping. It is. It's a lot of fun. Um,
0: but then it's over and you're like... Oh, that wasn't fun at
1: all. <laughs> you do have this moment of, oh, okay. Like, there will be times when I look around the store and I literally cannot move because it's so um, so packed. But uh, Victorian Christmas is just this beloved Thomasville tradition. And this year they're really making an effort. The city is really making an effort to amp up that Victorian vibe. Um, there will be carriage rides, a live nativity, um, all kinds of wonderful um things celebrating the holiday season so if you have been wondering when to come to Thomasville
0: this is the time if you missed small business Saturday last weekend yeah that's fine. We still love you. Um, <laughs> yes. We still would love to see you, but this is another really good time to come. So what are the dates?
1: Okay, so it's December 14th, which mm-hmm. is a Thursday, and December 15th, which is a Friday, 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, come early, park your car on one of our downtown streets, and then you just walk. Like, they blocked walk. off. They block off Broad mm-hmm. Street, which is our um, our street where the bookshop is. And Jordan loves it, because, I mean, it really does feel... I don't know, just really quaint and memorable. Yeah. No,
0: it's really lovely, and yeah. there are street performers yeah. and food vendors, and yeah. it smells like a fair yeah. in a good way, yeah. not like the animals. I was about to
1: say, and this year, all the food, I mean, truly, they have made such an effort to go back to, like, the authentic Victorian vibe, because that is such a huge part of Thomasville's history, um, that even the food vendors are going to be Victorian-themed. Oh my. I'm very intrigued. Yeah. Is it all just mutton? <laughs> yeah, mutton that's and cup.
0: That's what I imagine. That's <laughs> all they ate in Victorian England was just mutton.
1: So... If you are interested, you can go to ThomasvilleGA.com for more information. You can also follow Downtown Thomasville on Facebook. They frequently post all the different events and things that are going to be going on. And on Instagram, you can follow Thomasville at ThomasvilleGA. Come see us for Victorian Christmas.
0: And if you're coming to see us, there is a great place that you can stay.
1: That's right. You can stay at the Paxton House, which is our favorite place to recommend to visiting tourists and customers. It is a local bed and breakfast right downtown, like just a couple blocks on our street. It's a historic building, right? 1884, yep. I believe, is how, uh, what year the building was built. And our friend, uh, Carol Whitney, owns the Paxton. She has done a gorgeous job of the interior. Um, in fact, if you have seen our Southern Living story, mm-hmm. there are a lot of beautiful pictures of the Paxton house. That's right. Uh, she's about to book up, I am sure. Oh, absolutely. No,
0: she, uh, if, <laughs> if she's not already booked yeah. after this...
1: Yeah, so definitely check out the Paxton House. Um, Because it's a bed and breakfast, she has the most delightful breakfasts uh, in the morning, made of uh, lots of locally owned farms Mm -hmm. and ingredients. I know they frequently use blackberry patch Mm -hmm. jelly and things like that. So Carol is really in tune to our local community, and you can tell in her hospitality. And... Um, it is the only place I recommend for people to stay yeah. when they come to Thomasville. So if you are interested in staying at the Paxton House, you can make your reservation online. Um, that is www.thepaxton1884.com. You can also call for reservations, 229 five one nine seven be sure to tell them that from the front porch sent you um because we know that carol um is such a valuable part to thomasville and we're so glad that we can put our favorite authors and our friends and family we know where they can stay when it's time to come to thomasville
0: and i will have all that information for you in the show notes i know it's a lot to take in um i wanted to talk about children's books today
1: Tis the season. Um, Tis
0: the season. It's about that time when everybody is buying books for children. And it's the greatest thing. Yeah. Um, Children's literacy is something that's very important to both of us. Yeah. Um, And... There was there's a couple of books that have come out recently that made me think about this. There's one called Wild Things: The Joy of Reading Children's Literature as an Adult by Bruce Handy, Mm, and I haven't I know and I haven't gotten a chance to actually read through it yet. It has great blurbs from Gretchen Rubin, Lev Grossman, and Packer. Yeah, Um, like those are phenomenal. Yeah,
1: and it was on the bestseller list for a while. The cover is really eye catching. Mm -hmm. White yellow. Gretchen Rubin is somebody who like has championed adults reading children's literature right. for years. So I think she has this really vibrant children's literature book club that she's in. Um, but so many customers have been intrigued by this book.
0: Yeah. And the concept of it is that each chapter is a different is a different essay. There are 10 chapters and they each kind of talk about one of these big like classics in the children's book canon. And so it starts with good goodnight moon. And then goes into Where the Wild Things Are and Beatrix Potter and Dr. Seuss mm. and Ramona Quimby and um. Narnia. It um, goes through, like, all of our favorites. Yeah. Um, everyone's favorites. And these are favorites for a reason because right. they're, they're good. They're good. They right? don't age. They don't age. They, they are consistently and universally, or more or less, good.
1: These are also books that I, in my head, sometimes call the baby shower books. Yep. Like, these are the books that grandmas mm-hmm. and... Baby shower attendees always come in here yep. looking for these, um, classic, yeah, these classic children's books. And I can't blame them. No, like, they're great. They're really good. We
0: love selling them. We try to keep them in stock. We're not always great right. at keeping them in stock. To because be fair,
1: they run out. They run out so
0: quickly. <laughs> like, and this is what I was going to say when I was doing inventory. It was always such a hassle to try to keep the children's classics in stock it because is, it needs its own order I was gonna say
1: it, it's nearly impossible and maybe there are so many things in the new year I'm hoping to implement at the bookshelf and maybe that will be one of them that maybe once every couple of weeks we just do a children's classics reorder yep. um, because it's so hard to keep things like Chicka Chicka Boom Boom yep. and Harold and the
0: Purple Crayon oh
1: Harold and the Purple Crayon and these are all like I mean you can hear me sighing about them they're all so good they are they're great um, The Very Hungry Caterpillar mm-hmm. Brown Bear Brown Bear mm-hmm. but but um, we sell out of them because those are, like, the go-to yep. for so many people. Yes, for a certain generation of people, but honestly, for everyone. Like, it's not just people my right. mom's age and older. No, it's
0: people our parents' age because they had those books for their children. Right. But it's also people our age who have kids because those are the books they grew up That's on. That's right. Um, and so it's it's this weird cycle yeah. um, that I don't mind. No. I think it's great. I think all these books are very good. Um, but I think there's a distinct joy to reading these kids' books as adults, yeah, you appreciate them in a very different way. And this is something that you experience with story time all the time. Yeah. It's something I think about whenever I read kids' books. Yeah.
1: I think for, for me, so I think we've talked on the podcast, like in September, I haven't done numbers for October or November, but in September we did about 20 story times. Right. And... Somebody <laughs> rightfully said to me the other day, you know, it's probably time you delegate some of those out. And that is true. That is probably um, true. But I love it right. so much. Like, like, I just love reading to children because it reminds me why I do what I do. Right. Um, life can get pretty bogged down, even at a job as lovely as the bookshelf. Um, there are bills to pay. There's constant restocking to mm-hmm. do. There are customer inquiries to mm-hmm. answer. And the one thing that to me never it never gets old. I mean even if I'm like oh my gosh I gotta set up for story time Like, but but in the moment the thing that never gets old is reading to your kids Um, and reading to these kids who I've gotten to watch start as two year olds or babies infants even coming into the bookshelf in their strollers and now they run into story time Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just it's really wonderful and at the same time I'm getting to read children's books that I wouldn't pick up otherwise because I don't have children of my own yet and so I get to read, I guess, new children's books that I think could stand the test of time as right. well. Yeah, And
0: there have been so many good ones that have come out, even just in the past year.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's um, unbelievable.
0: We talked last week about um, Doe Knights and Dragons. Yes. Uh, which just sounds so charming. Yeah. It Um, is charming. So good. But I know that you encounter a lot of these, um, especially as you're doing these story times. So what are some of your favorites?
1: Okay, so I'm going to start with, like, this season, and I think I mentioned this on last week's episode, um, I've done kind of this dragon-themed story time. So I obviously did Dragons Love Tacos, Dragons Love Tacos 2. If your kids are not familiar with those... Uh, they should be. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic, they're really cute. and the sequel is adorable as well. So it the first one is excellent, but the second one is really great. And then I'm reading Donuts and Dragons along with that, and then another one. This would make such a beautiful gift book this holiday season. It's called Franklin's Flying Bookshop. Okay. Um, so it's about this dragon who loves to read. The oh. illustrations in this book are beautiful, and basically all the townspeople are. St- scared of this dragon uh-huh. but there's this one little girl who's brave enough to kind of befriend the dragon and she realizes that he just wants to share his love of reading with the world oh. and so they open their own little bookshop it's adorable <laughs> uh, i love it for obvious reasons right. <laughs> but uh, but the cover is gorgeous the illustrations are wonderful so i just think this should be like on everybody's gift list this holiday season so those are some dragon books uh, you and I are both very familiar with the book with no pictures. Yes. Which, it's been out, what, two years? At
0: two? least, maybe three. Yeah,
1: maybe three. Um, by B.J. Novak. What a genius. What an annoying little genius. I know, I hate him. <laughs> So awful. Um, I don't...
0: People keep calling me a wunderkind. I don't really know what that means. I mean, I know what it
1: means. (laughs) He is a genius. Um, The book with no pictures is one of those rare children's books that not only do the kids just get a kick out Mm -hmm. of it, um, but the grown-ups do too. So, interestingly, there are a couple of times where, like, I'll adjust my reading. So uh, there was, like, this scary book that I changed my reading. It was, like, if you're spooky and you know it. But there's this song obviously that you sing along with it and there was this verse if you're wicked and you know it and mm-hmm. I really don't like the thought of children being wicked. Right. So I changed it to wacky. So like I'll make <laughs> these like slight adjustments. I hope it's not considered censorship. Um but in Book with No Pictures there is a reference to Boo Boo Butt. All and right. I was not allowed to say but growing up until I was like I don't know, eighteen, and so <laughs> and so. I try to like say "boo-boo bottom," and you can see some of the kids who like have read this book enough to know um, Miss Annie. That is that's not, not that yeah, says. that's not what that says. Mm. Um, but they wind up getting a kick out of it anyway because the it's all about the reader and the inflection. Mm-hmm. I remember somebody really when I very first started at the bookshelf, they raved to me about the Elephant and Piggy books.
0: Oh, yeah. And the uh-huh. same
1: kind of narration exists in those books where you kind of get to play along. Right. Um, and the kids are like, it's almost like you're acting as the narrator, I guess. Right.
0: No, that's exactly what it is. I was talking about Elephant Piggy last night, actually, weirdly, <laughs> um, with Kelsey's roommate's boyfriend who has like a two-year-old niece. Oh,
1: okay. Um,
0: and they love that book. Yeah. It's a weird like postmodern thing yeah. where like the, the reader becomes a character in the yes. book. Yes.
1: <laughs> and it's this whole series. It's and, self-aware,
0: like it knows think, that it's a book.
1: Yeah, and you think children don't get it, but they think it's hilarious. And then grown-ups don't get bored reading that. Right. Because they're funny and, they're and smart. And complex and interesting. Yeah. Right. Um, so Book With No Pictures, Elephant and Piggy kind of fall in those categories. Um, interestingly, even Dragons Love Tacos has a little bit of that. Um,
0: Another one in that vein that I really liked a couple years ago was There's a Monster at the End of This Book. Oh, you that's a that classic. One? It's
1: so good. That's a classic. Is
0: it very old? Yes. Okay. Isn't that the one? With, with Grover. With Grover, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, okay. It's excellent. I think I just encountered it recently. Oh, my
1: gosh. It's so good. It's
0: very, very good.
1: It's so good. Another one that you'll be familiar with, too, because I think, again, it came out a couple years ago, but I love um, the I Can't Find My hat. Yes. Or This Those Is are great. Not My Hat. Mm-hmm. Those books, again, have this, like, slightly darker undertone mm-hmm. that some um, children can certainly get, like, but then grown-ups really just get a kick out of them. And they're gorgeous. Like, they're another... Mm-hmm. They're another kind of set of books where I'm like, those are just as beautiful um, and well-illustrated as any other book out there. Um, Okay, and then, so those are by John Classen, and I, I adore those books. I did just have to say, there are kids' books, have I told you this story on air before? Maybe. So, we carry fruits in suits and vegetables in underwear. Oh. And was it you who told me about this? It was Ashley. Ashley. Um, <laughs> vegetables in underwear. This, like, older gentleman came <laughs> to the children's section, and he was looking at our books, and he was like what is so funny about vegetables and underwear?
0: I have a degree from Yale University. That's what he
1: said. I have a degree from Yale. What is so funny about vegetables and underwear?
0: And he apparently, like, told Ashley three times that he had a degree from Yale. <laughs> Thank which, you. Which, like... Of course. Good
1: for you, man. Uh, but if you can't understand why vegetables wearing underwear isn't funny, then I cannot help you. No, I mean,
0: it... <laughs> It's vegetables and underwear. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what else that to broccoli
1: say. has on whitey Tidy. Like that's very funny. funny. <laughs> so, so I think those are excellent. I don't know that every grandparent under the sun would want to no, gift them, but they're very cute, very funny books with really funny illustrations. Um, I'm trying to think, some other another um, book with kind of that darker undertone I just read this one in story time and I wasn't sure how it was going to go over so it's called Little Red mm-hmm. um, and there's another um, yeah. one out mm-hmm. called Rapunzel I think and they're taking that
0: Retellings, and kind right. of
1: retelling them yeah they're taking those classic stories and retelling them and what I love is they're very empowering mm-hmm. to the female leads exactly. so Little Red is a very spunky, smart, smart girl. And you're reading this book, and the, I read it to a group of kind of older kids, like probably kindergarten, first grade. So mm-hmm. not my preschoolers, um, but kindergarten, first graders. And you can see, like, they're familiar with the story of Little Red Riding Hood. So they were like, oh. And there's this really awesome illustration in the book where there's this, you know, the wolf's, the wolf's teeth, and, and the kids are like, oh, that's so scary. Mm-hmm. And, and they know what's supposed to happen. And, and, I mean, Grandma dies in that book. Right, like they, yeah. do, This it's, book does it's... not shy away from the fact that Grandma just got eaten by the wolf. And so the kids are kind of like, "Oh, <sighs> gross. Yeah. But then, I mean, this book just takes a turn. And Little Red's got an axe in her hand. And the next page is, like, her dressed in a wolf's outfit. Nice. And it's just, like, very subtle. But the kids got it. And I thought, are they going to be scared by this or is this fine? And they seemed fine. <laughs> um, and it's just a it's just a fun retelling because it gives the power back to Little Red. Right. Um, so I thought that was important to read to them. And if your kid can handle it, it's right. super well illustrated. And there's a Rapunzel one too that is really great.
0: And it's out of season now, but it's one that we talked about a couple months ago, um, The Ugly Pumpkin.
1: Oh my gosh. That was
0: just so cute.
1: It's so good. And I guess, yeah, it is out of season now, but it's um, great for Thanksgiving. It's one of those books that takes you from Halloween oh, yeah. to Thanksgiving. <laughs> so you can read it all good through the season. Oh, it's so good. good. I bridge. love rhyming books for kids. Yeah. Um, another one is Hooray for Hats and then there's also one Hooray for Books. The Mm -hmm. illustrations are just great and as somebody who leads story time I'm constantly thankfully passing this off to my mother but like constantly thinking of crafts Mm -hmm. and so those are books that lend themselves easily to crafts. Um, They're very colorful illustrations so the kids pay attention. Uh, And then I remember when Boss Baby came out, right? and obviously now Bossier Baby is Mm -hmm. out, but my favorite story, or one of my favorite stories, is this family came in, and the mom was pregnant, and there was a big brother, and they kind of were laughing at the book Boss Baby, and then they left, and then they came back when the baby was born, and they went ahead and bought the book, and the big brother thought it was hilarious Mm -hmm. or whatever to this day I do not know that child's name he is now a toddler um, but we just say oh Boss Baby's here like <laughs> we just like at the bookshelf just that's him that's like, him he, he is and Boss he Baby. did look like Boss Baby for like the first several months of his life um, but now he comes in with like this head full of hair and he can walk on his own and talk oh. and we're like oh Boss Baby <laughs> which I'm sure he he's loves he's gonna be 30
0: years old yeah
1: <laughs> Hey, Boss Baby, come let me sell you a book. Uh, anyway, I just I think those books are really great.
0: And book in the same vein that both of us love is King Baby.
1: Oh, yeah, that book is so good. Um,
0: King Baby's great. I think yeah. it's better than Boss Baby. Yeah. I don't think it's got enough press because Boss Baby had a movie.
1: Yeah.
0: King Baby did yes, not. Yes, did um, not. But very similar concepts. Similar
1: concepts. And just, I I adore that book too. Mm -hmm. And that's another one that's just really colorful. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one's been around for a little bit longer. And it's one I do try to kind of sell as a baby shower gift book. Because it's not maybe in the same vein as On the Night You Were Born or Chicka Chicka Boom Boom. But it's rhyming and wonderful and it's called Drafts Can't Dance. Oh yeah. And I first heard of it when my friend had her baby and somebody gifted it to her and she the child wound up loving that book um, as he grew older and so I think it's one of those books that is great to read to your child and then keep reading because as, because it rhymes they'll get used to the rhythm of the book and probably be able to recite it to you thinking they're reading to you uh, which I think is super important in their developmental stage so giraffes can't dance and if you are religious I do think there are two really great new kids books out that with religious tones God's very good idea um, my friends just adopted a child from India and so now I'm constantly on the lookout for diverse children's books um, that don't just show Jesus as this white bearded man right <laughs> Um, believe it or not super hard to do yeah
0: no, that is <laughs> that the state is of, mm, yeah
1: that yeah. is our problem mm-hmm. that is our problem uh but god's very good idea does a really great job of um showing a diverse range of children mm-hmm. and then i also love by an author who is a great friend of the bookshelf uh big and small god made them all right. it's a great rhyming book and again I can't say enough about the illustrations of some of these books um, to hold kids' attention, right. even when they can't read the words on the page. I'm
0: going to make a point to list not only the authors but the illustrators yes. in the show notes because yes. illustrators do not get nearly enough credit. They don't, for these and books. what they do
1: is amazing. Right. I sat on a panel at SEBA. I wasn't on the panel, I sat in on the panel. And it was of illustrators of children's books, and they frequently will never meet the author of right. the book. They are not allowed to communicate with the author. They are interpreting exactly right. what they've been given. Um, and sometimes the author winds up loving what they do and, then and sometimes, sometimes not. obviously not. Um, but they do really incredible work and and their work is invaluable to children. yeah, that's how that's how children start to learn to Absolutely. read is through those beautiful pictures.
0: Um, this other book that I just learned about really recently is called The Story Cure. It's by Ella Bertude and Susan Alderkin.
1: This is a great book.
0: It's so cool because it's essentially like a... It's a, like a printed Google. Yeah. I became very millennial. <laughs> I was about to say, I
1: think those were called encyclopedias or dictionaries. I think they used to be.
0: It's a printed Google, everybody. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but, like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's organized by subject. And so if you're looking for a children's book... Let's say on bossiness. If your child is having a, an issue with being bossy or is having never
1: my problem. No,
0: never, surely, <laughs> or mine, um, or like maybe they're they've run into a classmate who's very bossy, and you want to kind of talk to them about it with a story. You can turn to B and find bossiness, and it recommends *The Willoughbys by Lois Lowry. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, comma not wanting to, uh-huh. *Peter Pan* by Jim James Barry. Um, Indoors, comma, Spending Too Much Time, The Secret Garden by Frances Hodgson Burnett. And it it goes oh, alphabetically all through, and it's a pretty big book. And I could have used it this morning when a customer called and was looking for a book for her child about the loss of a pet. Oh, so sad. And I was like, oh, the worst. Like, that's, yeah. that's so sad, and I didn't know what to recommend. And had I known yeah. that this were here, I could have just turned to yeah. Pet, comma, Loss Of. Yeah. Um, and, and gotten something.
1: Dog heaven, by the way. Is Dog the go, heaven. Go-to recommendation. But we got this book in a couple weeks ago, and I put it on Instagram stories, and I wish I had just featured it on regular old yeah. Instagram, because it is a gorgeous cover.
0: The cover is like nothing I've ever seen. It's and, beautiful. And then,
1: to me, I don't know why this isn't being given to every new parent or something. Yeah. Like, it's just a really good gift. Um, all about, I don't know, but just... About, what how, a great resource. about how
0: stories can help us solve our problems
1: yes which is and it
0: important. gives it doesn't just give you a recommendation it also kind of explains why that recommendation is there yeah um this is super good it gives you see also recommendations i mm, yeah i'm gonna want this yeah if and when i'm if and when i'm a parent someday so just <laughs> put it on my on my registry
1: all right <laughs> will do
0: bottom of the barrel again started out strong but now we're coming up thin oh we've cast our lots
1: with all the devils of sin oh my god oh my god oh my god is a production of the bookshelf an independent bookstore in thomasville georgia it is produced by me annie jones and chris jensen and edited by chris jensen if you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on this episode you can do so at www.bookshelfthomasville.com forward shop
0: thank you so much to forlorn strangers for the use of our theme music it's called bottom of the barrel and you can find it on their album forlorn strangers learn more and listen more at forlorn and if you'd like to learn more about our exclusive bonus content, you can go to patreon.com fromthefrontporch to figure out how to make a small monthly donation in order to gain access to our exclusive content. It's a lot of fun for us to make, and I hope it's a lot of fun for you to listen to. You can also check out full episodes of our main show, From the Front Porch, at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. It's got a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened.
1: Uh, I may or may not have broken our Small Business of the Year Award.
0: Oh. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week.